I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. In 20 minutes on G&D, how would you feel about trading down from the number two spot this is a deep quarterback class. Commanders could add a ton of picks if they were to do that. We will discuss right here on The Fan. First, though, our Beltway Blitz looms, and we got tickets to give away. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats, you're winning a pair to see the Capitals Sunday, March 3rd, Cap 1 Arena against Arizona. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, Go to thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Monumental Sports. On the Blitz, Glenn Consor talking whiz, Ben Brown on the NFL, and we start on the ice. Ben Raby covers the Caps for their radio network. Benjamin Alex Ovechkin on a heater, eight goals in eight games. As they enter play tonight, 7 o'clock game in Tampa, and it seems to me like, Ben, the chase is very much back on. per game pace is necessarily sustainable here down the stretch, but in all seriousness, nice to see him getting back on track after what was certainly a sluggish start to his season, and now 57 goals behind passing Wayne Gretzky for number one all-time. I think that's certainly uh, a realistic target, Uh, two-plus years remaining on the contract after this one, and I'll tell you, Grant, it's not just the goals that he's scoring of late. Obviously, that gets much of the attention and the headlines, et cetera. But CI test too with Ovechkin. It's the quote unquote all around game. He's got some jump in his steps since the all-star break. He's looked good on a line, primarily playing with Dylan Strome and TJ Oshie. So something potentially to build off of as the team collectively looks to, to keep uh, that upward mobility in the standings. Yeah. Benjamin, I think it's, I, I, I haven't done the math exactly, but two weeks from tomorrow is the trade deadline. This could be a big fork in the road right here. Yogi Bear style. I hope they take it. But what do you think is going to happen here over the next couple of weeks or so? About 10 games, I guess, uh, until that deadline, this could be, hey, we're hot, so let's add and try to make a push. Or it's a, you know what, it's not going to happen this year, so let's try to you know, find some running mates for the future for Ovechkin to break that record. What do you think? Yeah, I think, look, they still would like to believe they're in the hunt for a playoff spot. And they are. They're six points out of a wild card position entering play tonight. That said, I think objectively speaking, the likelihood of them – making the playoffs, and then beyond that, making a playoff run. I think the odds of that are pretty slim, and I think Brian McClellan, if you go back a year ago, acknowledged they're in a similar situation as they were last season. 
when they did unload pieces. I think what happened a year ago, fellas, could be what you're looking at again. And what I mean by that is they traded pieces primarily with expiring deals, guys that it was thought wouldn't necessarily be returning to these parts. And they were dealt not only for some draft assets, but they were dealt with players who could potentially contribute. You remember they acquired defenseman Rasmus Sandin in a trade last year. Uh, they acquired him from the Toronto Maple Leafs as part of a three-way deal. But the point being, they got an NHL-ready player, maybe a little bit younger, maybe whose best years are still ahead of him. But that's the type of trade they could be looking to make again this, you know, in the coming weeks. In other words, trading a potential rental player to another team and acquiring a piece with more of a long-term outlook, somebody who could potentially grow and be part of a core in Washington moving forward. What has to happen for them to turn the tide here, not only from a trade conversation standpoint, no, but all of a sudden we look up and they're in a decent spot playoffs-wise. Easy answer is stringing the wins together. But, I mean, how do they actually go about doing that? Sorry, I said again, Grant. I just I, yeah. I lost you there for a minute. How do they go about stringing the wins together they need to get back into the playoffs? Well, I think, for one, we saw a little bit of a positive sign the other night as far as the goal productivity, and that's been a storyline throughout the season, of course, the lack of offensive finish. Defensively, they've been pretty steady, pretty good. The goaltending's been pretty good for much of the year. Charlie Lindgren starting again tonight. He's been very good. I think there's still an appetite to get goals, you know, a little bit more consistently. They have been over the course of this last little stretch. I think you look at a guy like Connor McMichael, it's encouraging the other night that he scored twice three goals in his last three without Kuznetsov again in that top six. It's elevated minutes for McMichael, but these guys are going to have to keep going. Um, it's great that Ovechkin has been picking up the slack, you know, the goal streak, the, the, the goal barrage that he's been on of late. But I think you look lower down the depth chart. It's been a storyline all year. If there is something that will ultimately hold the 2024 Capitals back, it's been that lack of offensive finish and the lack of consistency offensively as we now, you know, get towards the trade deadline that that continues to be something that needs to to get better benjamin thank you as always buddy talk soon all right appreciate it fellas thank we'll you see you my friend hit that wizard sounder please now normally color gentlemen on the radio broadcast but you can hear him doing a little television our guy glenn consor joins us for the beltway blitz glenn it's not exactly a halfway point kind of unofficial the all-star break down the stretcher for the wizards give me some things you're looking for what do you want to see I'd like to see continued improvement defensively, which I think we've seen since January 10th. Um, actually, January since January 10th, the Wizards have been fifth in the NBA in causing turnovers, and they've ranked ninth defensively uh, since January 10th. So we're seeing more, a more aggressive team. We're seeing a team starting to attack the perimeter a little bit more, and I want to see that continue on. Glenn, Danny Avdia, before the break, we were talking about his 43-15, and 15, how impressive that was. He seems to have really come into his own here. What are you noticing that's different about him from just a, I don't know, a comfort and a makeup standpoint? And then also, same question for his game. You know, I think, you know, the experts looking at his game right now are saying to themselves, like, well, what is he? Is he a point guard? Is he a two guard? Is he a small forward? Is he a four that could handle the ball? If you think about when he first came into the league, guys, he came in a COVID year, which everything was bizarre. Um, you know, the Wizards had Westbrook. 
um, ball dominant. They had Beal ball dominant. Then he played with uh, Porzingis and Beal and Kuz. Now he's getting the opportunity to have the ball in his hands a lot more. And, you know, you, you could see what he's doing. He, he's been doing this since he's been young playing, you know, in professionally in Israel. So you're seeing his skill set, which is admirable. He continues to work hard on his game. He's a very good defensive player. And I think now you're starting to see his three-point shot fall. He's attacking with force. Um, and we really haven't seen that up until this point. So it's it's admirable. What do you want to see kind of next step in growth? Numbers up across the board pretty much for Corey Kispert here as well. A, a nice piece that they drafted a couple seasons ago, Glenn. What's kind of his next step as he continues to develop in this league? You know, it's interesting because, you know, Corey's now a scorer. He's not just a shooter. Uh, in fact, he might be even more dangerous as a guy attacking the rim now than he is as a you know perimeter shooter. So I, I want to see a little bit more consistency from him from three, which I think he can do. Uh, but he's been really impressive when he's driven off that three-point line, attacking and using his athleticism and strength. I mean, he's really developing into a very good player. Who's next on that list of guys? We've talked about the leap Avdia made. Gispert's making. Who else do you want to see that from in the second half of this season? Well, we're seeing it from Koulibaly, too. I mean, every game he seems to show some things that are, you know, are going to wow you, um, you know, with whether it's a block shot or, you know, a defensive stop or, you know, his ability to get 21 points in a game. Um, he's showing that he, you know, and he's so young, he's only 19 years old. Uh, I'd like to see him just continue to be, Bilal, you know, and <clears throat> instead of um, maybe diverting sometimes, you know, taking it in himself. But I really like the pace that he's developing in. What's sort of the next step for him in his offensive game too, Glenn? Would you like to see more responsibility, like run some plays, run some stuff through him, little, let him kind of handle the ball a little bit and create some? Yeah, I think. But you know what? That takes time. Yeah. You know, that, that takes time. That takes, you know, skill sets, you know, ball handling stuff and snap dribbles and all that, which he can do now, but now he's got to be able to, you know, understand the defensive schemes that are defending that when he plays against that are defending him and, and how to attack it. And, you know, look, he's 19. I mean, what were you doing, Danny, when you were 19? You were hitting home runs <laughs> at GW, I think. And drinking a lot of Miller Lights, Glenn. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wasn't responsible. <laughs> But I know you were hitting home runs. But, I, I you know yeah. what, I love Bilal's upside. I mean, it, it really, you know, he's only going to get stronger. You know, and it's hard for him right now because his body has not kicked in. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's there yet. You know, he's athletic. He can, he's got great bounce. But once his legs start getting stronger and his upper body, he'll be able to finish better around the rim. I mean, I really like how he's developing. He seems to show something every game that you didn't see in the game before. We appreciate you, Glenn. The insight is great. We'll be watching this evening, and I know we'll be, see you on the uh, telecast the next couple of nights. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I'll be doing pre- and post-game show, and I'm also watching uh, Danny Ruye home runs at GW. Which I, I like I, I grainy footage. Today. Grainy I got, footage. No, I got, I got the footage. I watch it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me. See you, Glenn. See you, guys. Let's keep it moving. Ben Brown, Summer Sports. Ben, where do you think... Kirk Cousins, the top available quarterback, ends up? Uh, I, I think it, in a lot of ways I'm riding with the favorite. I do think the Falcons, you know, make a lot of sense. Obviously, the rumor mill has been 
centered on that location. I do think, you know, him, you know, specifically with, a, you know, an offensive unit that is kind of intriguing, I would say, from an upside standpoint. Obviously, I've invested a lot into the offensive skill position players from a draft compensation standpoint. I think Zach Robinson could absolutely maximize uh, the outcome there. They, you know, maybe would get a little bit of a discount with Kirk Cousins, obviously coming off injury. So I do think overall, if he doesn't end up back in Minnesota, uh, it very much seems like it's Atlanta or a bust for him. Ben, I just can't do it with J.J. McCarthy. And here's what I mean. Like, if I'm an elite program and my best bet is to have that guy hand it off and throw it eight times against a rival, or like he, I threw, I had him throw just so he had 200 yards one time over the last five games, I just can't entrust my franchise to that guy when the college coach didn't entrust their franchise to that guy. But he's flying up boards now. What do you think? Yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, you know, at this time of year, you know, the quarterbacks are going to, I would say, kind of run the Gottman until we kind of see – you know, the combine results and you start to look at some of those, you know, gaudy type flash plays, uh, you know, guys that are actually exercising at the combine. So I do understand it. Uh, to me, I, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily with you, Danny. You know, obviously the ability to kind of stay ahead of the sticks, playing from ahead, really didn't, I would say, cause a lot of duress for J.J. McCarthy. And I do think, in his, uh, you know, uh, as he continues to move up draft boards, the situation that's going to be around him at the NFL level is only going to get worse and worse. And seeing him in that sort of worse environment, it, it can definitely be cause for concern. I think in some ways, you know, people have looked at like his third down production from, you know, a, a long down a distance type situation has been really good. But again, like I do think in a lot of ways, like the, the, the threat of Blake Corum, you know, rushing there and maybe going for it on fourth down, obviously gave him more favorable looks up front. So I, I don't want to say that I'm completely out on him. I do think at some point he is going to be a popular pick to go in the top 10. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think I'd be overly shocked of a team kind of falling in love with some of the traits that they could see occasionally flash on film with him as their, you know, franchise type quarterback. What's a, ma- a massive move or maybe like a blockbuster type situation that rumored or otherwise you th- you'd like to see happen you think would be cool this off season? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's kind of pending for, you know, the, the, the Bears situation to obviously resolve in some ways. I think Justin Fields obviously feels that. So, you know, I, it does seem like they're very much likely to move on from him. So the compensation for him, I think, in a, some ways is going to free up the top of the draft as well. You know, Washington going quarterback at two, uh, uh, you know, kind of as well with Caleb Williams being the number one overall selection. Like, I think you're going to see a quarterback needy team potentially explore their options at, you know, the third overall pick with the New England Patriots. You know, obviously what they have with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi isn't going to be all that appealing, but, you know, they could play it similar to how Arizona did last season and, and drop down a few picks and maybe punt this year with the idea that they still are a couple years away given the current state of the roster so to me i think the patriots potentially moving out a uh, 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 pick three and, and we do see qb 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 kind of go out the top three picks it is probably the most likely outcome for i would say a blockbuster type trade coming up here uh for the 2024 april draft benjamin hypothetical situation let's say you're just at home minding your business you get a phone call from a team with a lot of salary cap space i can't think of any of the top of my head maybe like a washington for example and they said to you hey ben how's it going big fan of your work we love you on grant and danny uh, how would you spend our free agent dollars? How should we allocate it? Where's good value? What should we be doing here? Yeah, I think to me, you know, I think obviously if you answer the quarterback position, you know, in the draft, you're looking at, you know, I would say more edge type rush type situations. You know, Jonathan Allen's still very much under contract, you know, which is going to be a run. They have to Ron Payne as well. But I think 
locking in one more guy in that front four rotation is very much uh, what my expectations should be for them. I do think it's a somewhat deep class in that regard as well. And then I would say more so figuring out, you know, the back half and the secondary, adding some bodies in there is very much how you kind of want to go about it. I don't know if you necessarily want to, you know, sign the flashy top-end cornerback option, but I think getting more depth at that position is going to allow you to open up some things. And I think offensively, that's really where you want to focus on and be at the draft. I would say getting another wide receiver option in the second round would kind of be the direction that I'd want to go from a Washington, you know, overall organizational standpoint perspective kind of coming out of the April draft. Ben, thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you. Check out Ben Brown's work, Sumer Sports. How would you feel about the commanders trading back? Something we've talked probably less about than any other possibility when they're on the clock at number two. We'll get to that next on Grant and Danny. want to play a little fill-in-the-blank here on Grant and Danny as we get into the NFL draft for the first time today. Quick reminder to kick off your future with the law firm of Kondori and Murad. They're the official G&D show sponsor, and they'll help protect your assets, update your will and your trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. I just remembered. What's up? I stole a bottle of water from the kitchen yesterday. Coming back from the bathroom, I didn't have my wallet on me. Well, so just, wasn't it broken yesterday, like the, the ability to pay? I have no idea. Oh. I didn't check. But my plan was to go back by the end of the day to pay for my bottle of water, which I never did because mm-hmm. I forgot. Right. I just now remembered. And now I'm thinking, am I wanted? Is, is there like a... Do not it, serve this man. Somebody looking for me. I mean, there's a camera over there. Yeah. How does that work, do you think? I don't know. Who's who's looking at the footage? I feel like that's no different than me walking into, like, a 7-Eleven and just taking water and leaving, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Technically. It's kind of. Yeah, it's, like, there to be And if I was like, oh, I plan on coming back and giving you money, they'd be like, bro, that's not how this works. So now I'm a little nervous. I know. I, I will go pay during the break, but I have to wonder what's what. How are you going to – do you have the bottle? To no. use the QR code? No. I, so you'll I, I, just I, scan it and then put it back? Yes, I do yeah. this all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I, I leave the bathroom. That's when I'm now looking at the market yeah. for whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I almost never keep my wallet on me. You know, when I sit down, I always take everything out and put it on the table or whatever. Yep. And uh, that's kind of how I operate. Yeah. So that I never have my wallet when I'm over there. Uh-huh. So then I just go back later. If I got like. Coke Zero or something. Mm-hmm. Just take a new one out, scan it, and put it back. Like, I, I don't think you made the FBI's 10 most wanted list. But you're on a list? You know, America's Most Wanted's back, by Is the way. Is it really? Yeah. My guy. I, one of my favorite shows ever. When I was a little kid, I used to watch it. it. used to scare the heck out of me. I was afraid to go get the mail at the end of the driveway. We didn't have a long driveway, by the way. Mm-hmm. You could throw a, a baseball past the end of my yard, the end of my driveway. And this the- fugitive is in King George now. Yeah, he never said King <laughs> never George, Virginia. Yeah, but when he would say Virginia, like uh-huh. last oh, scene, man. Alexandria, Virginia, or whatever, I'd be like, oh, snap. I just always assumed somehow, some way, that guy was just sitting in my bushes, like right outside <laughs> my house. I'm like, have I seen him? Was that the guy that rode by on the bike today? But uh, anyway, it's uh, it's my guy. Back for more. With his son now, John Walsh, and his son has a wacky name. 
His son's name is like Capricorn or something wacky. What, what's his? Chadwick? I don't know. Chadwick Walsh? Figure that out for me, Darius. And his son is like very serious and over the top. And like, he's kind of like John Walsh turned up to 11. It's very Jack Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth, where now he's just there next to his dad, like broadcasting the show. But America's Most Wanted back, baby. Is our guy, is our guy uh, Wes Johnson doing the voice for it? I have to ask him. I don't think so. Okay. He should be, by the way. People sleep. He, like, he did be. that. Yes, he did. He was the guy that would say, coming up next, the story of a six-year-old girl who won't stop fighting back. That was Wes Johnson. Was Wes no Johnson's way. PA yeah. voice of the Capitals. So the first guy was a dude named Don LaFontaine who, like, voiced everything. Yeah. And then it was just like, hey, Wes, can you do that real quick? And he did it, and he crushed it, of course, because he is a voiceover superstar. He is. He really is. Callahan Walsh is the name. Callahan, not Capricorn. Callahan Auto Parts? Calli- I mean, that's a, that is a name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's kind of a cool name. Is he named after Callahan Auto? So the way they do it is they both just do these, like, stand-up shots where they're mm-hmm. staring in. And, you know, he takes after his dad, where his dad would mm-hmm. call these guys out, which is so ballsy, I think. But he must have a hell of a lot of security around his house. Oh, he's John, gonna talk trash. John, to, yeah, this like, criminal is brainless. He doesn't yeah. say criminal. He goes scumbag. Yeah. Like John Walsh is like, we gotta get this scumbag off the streets. <laughs> and now Capricorn or Callahan, his son, he does the same bit where he's like, this loser's been on the run for two years. That ends tonight, thanks to you. Here's a picture of this moron. <laughs> and then like show a picture of him, and he's like, this jackass has committed three crimes in the last month. And if you're that criminal you're like i need to get callahan walsh like this guy's calling me names they're calling out the most wanted people in america yeah i don't I, think i, I would do know. that i'd be I like not either. this alleged uh yeah. person that we don't know I mean, we don't know no one knows might not be dangerous no nobody one, no one can say people are looking for him we can, t- we can tell you that i don't know when it came back but i was watching some game saturday night i don't remember what it was it ended and then i was about to turn the channel and it was like america's most wanted starts now and i'm like Seven years old again, eating ice cream. Yeah, here we go. That was the first episode. Oh, I guess it's the second one back. Oh, let's go. So fired the, up. The, the, that they one had act it with actors oh, yeah, and that, stuff. That one had great acting bits where it was like, it's all like a little bit grayed out. You know, it's it's not quite the person who can't like pour milk into the cereal infomercial style. So it's a slight level above that acting, but it was always a little bit gray and then with flashback and then it's narrated. So that one and a current affair back in my day would have like the best sort of sound effects like coming up you know like that sort of deal my oh, shows so as a kid that scared me i had two of them i watched them it was an obsession i couldn't wait till they came on and both kept me up at night gave me nightmares america's most wanted the one seed and rescue 911 mm. now rescue 911 was generally way less like crime someone's going to kidnap you fear and it was just like someone died from carbon monoxide you know odorless no way to know it's there. I still think about that in my house constantly. Every time I turn on the pilot light or whatever at my, uh, you know, my my um, mm-hmm. gas uh, fireplace. But uh, just right, like, don't swim in this lake. Something will eat you alive. And it was it was petrifying. But I had to watch it. And that was William Shatner, my guy. You, Rescue nine one one. Rescue nine one one. I forgot that he did that. Uh, for me, so we had the same America's most wanted. Unsolved mysteries. Some of them are just like... Oh, I watch those eh, still. Nothing burgers, whatever. It's like Robert Stack telling you, these cup circles are not explained. It's like, yeah, I don't care. It's in Kansas. It doesn't affect me. Well, then there's the like, this person died under very mysterious circumstances 
50 feet from where you're sitting right now. Yeah. And we don't know why. We don't know what force killed him. Anyway, coming up after the break, you're like, oh, my God, any closure. Dude, I still they're unsolved. Those. Still to this day. Uh, the, other, the cold cases is my one seed. That, that, I just, I'll watch those eight at a time. You love uh, the, the 48 hour bit too, don't you watch that first one? 48, yeah, first 48. Big fan of that show for sure. I mean, true crime in general, any kind of crime shows I'm in on, but cold cases. Now I'll lock all the doors and the windows right before I start watching it. Because your boy at 35 years old, father of a few, still gets a little antsy. Yeah. Something bangs outside while I'm watching it. It's not that comfortable. We might have to, you know, grab a, a weapon and head out to investigate. But, um, dude. I, I, I can't help it. When's the last time you went out to investigate? Oh, I mean, it, I mean, it would take a, a big noise or something. It hasn't really happened. You like you haven't investigated since since you've been at your house. I've have you investigated? Go, I've had to go downstairs in the middle of the night. Like, what the hell? Or why is my dog going crazy? Yeah, that's an investigation. Yeah, I've had to do that. You, you get your lather up a little bit, grab a weapon from the bedside, and uh-huh. head on down the steps. Uh-huh. You know? That's happened a couple times. So the I my I was like famous is the wrong word, but I had that investigation. Remember when all the all the boys slept over at my place? Well, my son and his friends did. And at three forty five, I thought it was a home invasion. Just they were up, yelling at each other. Like one kid had his pants off, and it was yeah, one yeah. kid was in the sleeping bag. The whole thing was a mess. I thought so. That was my last investigation until a handful of nights ago. My wife didn't even know this. I thought something was going down in the backyard. I peeked out. I couldn't see anything. I was like, well, there's a, there's a shadow spot. I grabbed the bat from underneath the bed, okay? Underpants, shoes on, no socks, right? Grabbed a sweatshirt, crept down. My dad, let me say this real quick. Yeah. My dad's uniform for this back in the day, tidy whiteies and black socks. Yeah. You knew yeah. something was going something on. Something was afoot. If he kind of came down in the middle of the night or you saw him leaving his room, Tidy whiteies and black socks just walking down the steps. I was like, okay, someone's about to get a bat if they're in this house right here, right now. So I, quiet as as I can be, okay, because the, all the outdoor lights are on, but there's there's a shadow in this one area it, towards the end of the backyard. I open the back door, quiet, like just a little tiny bit, trying not to make the sound, right? Just a little bit. And I'm listening. I'm listening because I heard, I'm telling you, I heard something. I heard rustling. I heard activity. I heard movement. Wind. People. An animal. Two dudes. Yeah. B&Es. And so then I step out, kind of slowly move, like, along the side of the house. This yeah. is the middle of the night. It's, it's freezing cold. And then I yelled to try to stir them, like, to see if I heard anything. Get the bleep out of here. Right? With holding the bat. And I'm, then I realized no one's there. It's about 1245. Again, underpants. Uh, shoes with no socks and like a sweatshirt that I threw over holding a bat in my in the middle of my backyard like a crazy person. I was like, what if anyone saw this? And I went back inside and went back to bed. Maybe a tough visual. Yeah. I um I you know, you watch enough of these reels now. Like people do crazy stuff now. The amount of people that are doing like faking that I have food in your like and people need to know this stuff, by the way. Allow me to be the, the guy to let you know that this is going on. People will show up with like a styrofoam box in a bag. Acting like you ordered food. Hey, your you Uber is here. You may have ordered it or you may not have. You probably haven't. And you're going to open it and be like, oh, sorry, that's my neighbor's. And then three other dudes are jumping up on your porch to run in your house. Like, you know, I'll scroll through 11 reels like that oh, a day terrifying. at this point. There's, you know, the people are getting like UPS jackets and all kinds of crazy stuff. So you saw, you saw the one recently the in Northern Virginia? Never open your door, ever. Even if it's, if you ordered a package and they have it, don't open your door. Just if you order Domino's and they bring it and it's the Domino's guy with the pizza, just don't eat it. Just don't open your door ever. Just stay inside 
Never leave your house. No, hold on. That's kind of what I'm saying. You saw the one in Northern Virginia where they're doing the flower scam. You know no. what I'm talking about, right? So somebody comes like this lady looks looks very innocent, very nice, very sweet. These are flowers. Like, did you order these flowers or like flowers for somebody here at this address or whatever? And then if they if they whoever's like waiting close by sizes you up, like, yep, we could take them. They take you. Like they whoop your butt and steal People your stuff. Suck, yeah. yeah, you know. Or it's Have like you heard about the pizza scam in Northern Virginia. That's the one where you, they promise you pizzas. This is the one where you give them money for pizzas. Where do you leave the money? Like out front or like well, in some? Typically, you would give it to them. Yeah, but where do you? But where... they only want cash. Yeah, where do you have to leave it? You, you give it to them unless you you sniff it out. Oh, and you say this doesn't sound right. I'm only going to give you a check, and then they text you that night. Uh huh. And they tell you, we can only take cash. I'm sorry. That's what my teacher told me. And you just leave it in the mailbox? Then you leave the cash in the mailbox. There it is. Then they come get the cash. And then the number that they texted you from, they never respond to or, or use again. Thank God that didn't happen to you. It certainly didn't. You know what I mean? Because you're getting your pizzas. It would never happen to me. My pizzas are coming. They just haven't come yet. Let's go to Mark in Florida. Hello, Mark. How you doing, boys? Hey, buddy. Good. I so, so your story about uh, John Walsh and the amount of security you think he might have. So when I was a teenager in the early 2000s, we, I worked at a grocery store, and he lived nearby the grocery store. And they told us when we, when we started there that John Walsh lives nearby, and he may come by. Don't make a big deal about it. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm never going to see this guy. But one night, here comes John Walsh, walks in, does so his grocery sorry. shopping, just him and his wife or whatever with him. That's it. Walk him out to his car, put his groceries away. Shake his hand. Hey, have a good night. Thanks. Blah, blah, blah. $50 tip. Love that. John Walsh. I'm a big John Walsh guy. I don't know if I've mentioned that. But I, I don't think he's going to have, like, it's not like he's the president. I don't expect when he goes shopping that there's like a guy with an earpiece behind him. I'm just saying, if I'm John Walsh, I got more than a, a Brink security camera at my house. I'm in a gated community or gated mm-hmm. house or something. And I got cops sitting out front 24-7. I've called out some of the most dangerous people on the planet. Weekly. And put so like 11 years. 1,100 uh, America's Most Wanted Criminals that they put behind bars via that show. I'm probably going to have a little protection beyond uh, you know, a Glock or something that, that I, I keep uh, you know underneath of my mattress. There's dudes that are huge with earpieces. And, and ill-fitting blazers walking be. around in front of him, behind me. And I think old Cadillac, Cadillac his son, better do some of the same. He, I mean, he's like, this turbo loser right. just showed up in Mexico. And I'm like, whoa, This man. evil zilch has been <laughs> spotted. Uh. The, the main one they like to say is scumbag. Scumbag. And that's such a, that is a great <laughs> line. You do not want to be called a scumbag. That is tough. Uh, but well-deserved for the people that yes. are on that show, I would say. If, if I may, I'm on the Walsh's side. I want to make that clear. Yeah, team team non-criminal for me. If team I'm picking not one. the guy who's committed the murder. But again, it's alleged. I don't know. On the run. Don't be mad. It's got to also, imagine the walls caving in on you when you're on the run. It's got, like, and I'm not sim- empathizing, sympathizing, uh, neither of those things. But can you imagine that feeling of just, like, you're on the run. Now you're on TV. In every movie, you've seen the scene where, like, he sees his picture on the newspaper and he, like, turns the other way. Like, I hope we catch them all. But th- that has to just be a crazy thing. That's a tough beat. Don't use a credit card because you pop up. Good. You know? Get them. Get them. You you did it. It's your fault. Allegedly. Allegedly. But I'm not calling you a scumbag. I would never do that. Uh, should the commanders trade back from the number two pick? Let's get into that next. We were supposed to get into that here. We didn't exactly do that. We did America's Most Wanted instead. G and D on the fan. <laughs> 
We have talked quite a bit about what the commanders should do with the number two overall pick. The idea of trading up to number one has come up on this show extensively. The possibility of taking Drake May out of North Carolina, which is my preference, has certainly been something we have uh, tackled from all angles. The potential of adding Jaden Daniels at number two, which is Danny's favorite option. That is something that we have covered as well. We've not talked a lot about trading back. I want to open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines at 800-636-1067 and allow you guys to fill in this blank. Trading back from number two would be what? 800-636-1067. How would you feel about it? Risky. That's the word that comes to mind for me. This, this is the same. Any, any move you make or don't make is a bet. You're betting that the quarterback that you want is available later. You're betting that that guy is going to be just as good as this group that's perceived to be better uh, by head and shoulders, by some significant measure over the next tier down, be that Knicks, McCarthy, Penix, uh, uh, Pratt from, from Tulane, whomever. It's a risky move to not just stay put and make it easy on yourself. You need a quarterback, you have a high draft pick, you take a quarterback. If you accept a trade offer, maybe you get that Robert Griffin godfather offer to move back, you need to end up with a young signal caller and a whole bunch of draft picks, obviously, to boot, and that's great. But to me, it is a risky move. The safest, simplest, and easiest move is to stay put and take a QB. In general, I am a huge advocate. I got caught a lot of Eric Flack on this uh, the year they drafted Chase Young. To me, it was either quarterback or trade back. Nobody wanted to hear it. I love trading back. It's awesome unless you don't have a quarterback, in which case you jump at the opportunity to take the second prize in this draft. Yeah, we've done the thing for years where we'll go through and we'll do it again as we get closer to the draft. You know, the simulators and and we Mm -hmm. look at our options and I'm Mr. Tradeback. There is almost never a bad time to do it. But to answer the question and to fill in the blank, trading back or trading down would be a gigantic mistake, in my opinion. Now, it's on the table for a few reasons. Notably because of the depth of this QB class, right? Where if you traded back one spot to three, you could still get Daniels or May, if they're even on your board. If you traded back a little further to six or eight, then you miss out on the big three, but you could, you know, overdraft slightly, but still get a guy there, whether that's J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix or or Michael Penix or whoever they like a lot. Maybe you could trade into the teens and still get that guy. Not a lock, though. But I think it'd be a huge mistake because I think the drop-off from the top three and everybody else is sizable. You might think that Caleb Williams to May and Daniels is huge, or maybe you're a big fan of one of those other two guys and you think that the gap between one and two is big and then two and three is huge. But what I think is pretty irrefutable going into this process and there's a lot we don't know, and we're going to end up being wrong in, in various fashions. But it looks like the big three separated by a Grand canyon size gap, kind mm-hmm. of a drop-off. And then the debate is, what's the rest of the order look like and who's fourth? And J.J. McCarthy's kind of first on the scene there now, and at least according to some of the draft experts, expected to go in the top 10, top 12. But I just think you have a golden opportunity. You're not going to be picking in the top two or three again, ideally. It's very, very hard to be bad enough to pick this high. They've done it twice recently because they were run pretty horrifically. 
because they've been an abysmal organization. But if Adam Peters is as good as we think he is, if the Harris ownership group is as much as an upgrade from Dan Snyder as we're expecting, if this coaching staff, which Dan Quinn put together, is solid, then you're not picking second. You're not going 3-14 and 14 this coming season. It's really, really hard to do that, to, to get to the top of the board. So you're going to be trying to find a quarterback then next year and into the future in probably worst quarterback drafts while picking lower. And whatever you're recouping here, you're, you're packaging a bunch of stuff to go up. Next year, there's probably not a quarterback that's as good as any of these top three guys. Maybe two years from now, we get to a point where that QB is available again. But I think it would be a huge mistake. I think you've got to pick in the top three as a floor. If you trade it back, one spot is about as far as I would go. But I think you stay at number two. I'm not a fan of trading up either for that matter. But you take whoever you like best among the two remaining elite big three prospects in this class. So I'm filling in the blank by saying trading back from number two would be a massive mistake. Mm. I just, again, I there, there's a big part of me. I don't just do the blindly trust whoever the new boss is, you know, or in Rivera we trust or whatever that stupid crap was. Nope, it's okay to ask questions. Adults are talking. But I have more confidence in Peter, certainly, in company than I did in the in the previous regime, and that's from, from day one. To me, there, there better be a smart plan. Like, you better know. Like, if you're moving back again to, to, to eight, and you've got a good view of, whether it's McCarthy or somebody else, that you think he's every bit as good as these top guys, and just you wait and see, and you pick up extra picks, that's a win. That's great. But it's risky to me. Yeah. You better be right. I mean, look, a trade back would, would mean a massive haul, by the way. Like, uh, PFF has a an outlook where they could possibly trade back from, like, number two to number eight. And then you're talking about them adding, you know, three picks in the top 100 this year and then a first in the future. I mean, it would be an unbelievable haul. Like, what they suggest here on PFF is Washington goes from two to eight. They get the 43rd pick this year, the 74th pick, like, early third round this year and then a first-rounder next year to go back six spots. So then at number eight, they get a wide receiver, Roma Dunze from Washington. Then at 36, you take an edge, Chop Robinson from Penn State. You're on the clock again at 40. You take a starting tackle from Duke, Graham Barton. Then at 43, maybe you go whichever quarterback fell there. If Penix is still there or maybe, you know, whoever's the best of the rest, like the eighth-best quarterback in the country or something. And you're, you're picking at that point Seven times in the top 101. I mean, really, really insane number of picks. But who's your quarterback? Yeah. And how good are they? And, and did you get that position right? You guys are next. 800-636-1067. Fill in that blank for us. How would you feel? Trading down from the number two pick would be? We're Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.